This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Think about Lawrence. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 52 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson with my co-host Joshua Perry. Joshua, we're both, let's just say this, we are both loopy. Yeah today because we have had a long weekend of traveling and you know what just bear with us people because we're we're gonna make mistakes we're only human listen there's some funny stuff might happen today (laughs) hopefully it's entertaining to y'all listeners because let me tell you it's been entertaining for us already (laughs) it sure has joshua um i just wanted to let you guys know no ap top 25 discussion today and probably from here on out because of course the college football playoff poll comes out on Tuesday we will get into that next week and kind of give our thoughts on that but let's jump right into it we had some good games this weekend I don't think it was an overall great weekend of college football but the one I want to talk about first Georgia taking down Florida. I was impressed with really what I saw out of Georgia after kind of poo-pooing them the last couple of weeks. Their defense did a great job stopping the run. And Jake Fromm, I give him credit because I've given him a little bit of a hard time this season, but he had a great bounce back game. He was really brilliant on those third down conversions. I definitely agree. And uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, we can, we can state how good Georgia's defense is and any defense regardless of who the opponent is that can hold somebody to 21 yards rushing deserves all the credit but Florida has struggled to run the ball this year and I think that's probably why a lot of us had some doubts about their offensive output we knew that they could throw the ball but it's hard to win games in college football when you can't run especially when you only get 21 yards on the ground I agree with you on Jake Fromm and I think the difference in this game was the fact that all year long they've been able to scheme up some really good offensive plays where they might have a wide receiver wide open down the sideline. And Fromm would just miss on the pass. But this was a situation where he was hitting all of his passes spot on. Just the accuracy Mm -hmm. that he displayed on Saturday was great. And I mean, against really good competition, we thought very highly of this Florida defense coming into the game. So absolutely give him kudos for that. Yeah, so with that win... I think the SEC East is pretty much one. That's really the consensus from a lot of the the football people down here as well. Now, stranger things have happened, but when it's all said and done, I think Georgia has a, a good hold right now on the East. Now, a game that um, is coming up this weekend, and these teams were both on a bye week to prepare for this one, is Alabama versus LSU. This is clearly the game that a lot of people have been looking forward to when you get one and two. Um, you've got two 
quarterbacks that are, you know, in the contention for the Heisman right now and Joe Burrow and Tua Tungavailoa and assuming that Tua plays, um, what are you looking forward to in this matchup and, and what's really key? Well, you know, I'll, I'll say first off, Tua coming off of his surgery with the tightrope and, you know, he had it on the other leg, but uh, he's getting it uh, again, coming back from that in such a short period of time. And I know they said it wasn't as serious as the first one. I'll be curious to see how he truly looks because it's hard on your body. Anytime they got to cut you open and do anything to get back within a couple of weeks, um, it's, it's literally just stressful on your body. But to me, this game truly comes down to the defenses. And uh, you're talking about great quarterbacks, uh, obviously in Tua. Uh, and Joe Burrow, who I have a lot of respect for both of those guys, believe me. But to me, the defenses uh, leave a lot to be desired. And both of them have given up points. We've seen that more with LSU. But Alabama, for some reason, just against specifically the competition they've played this year, they've not looked dominant uh, defensively. But if I had to put my money somewhere, knowing that these games would come down to the performance of the defense, I would have to say that I trust a Nick Saban coach defense uh, more than I would trust LSU's right now. But this is going to be one of those games where whoever gets the critical stop at the critical time is probably going to end up winning it. And I can't wait to watch. Yeah. And here's the thing. I, the, a lot of the people down here, I was talking, listening to talk radio. This is what I do. I mean, am I pathetic or what? I listen to talk sports talk radio in the car like 98% of the time. <laughs> It's well, so I, bad, I, Joshua. That's, it's, that's it, I, I live my life the same way. Right? It's Now, I'll, I'll put in a rap song, R&B song now and then when I'm feeling like I've got to get my day going. But other than that, you know, I'm trying to keep up with, with the Joneses here. Sure. Um, so Alabama is a touchdown favorite right now. The thing is, is Nick Saban is a coach that has obviously been doing this a long time. And he is very successful in these scenarios where he's going up against a team that maybe has played the tougher schedule. Cause I know a lot of people are giving LSU a little bit more credit for their schedule, which when you look at Bama's schedule, I think it's easy to say that because Bama yeah. hasn't really played anybody. So I, I am going probably with Bama in this one. I, I definitely agree with that. And uh, to your point about LSU's schedule, um, when you look at what people would call their marquee wins, they're very good wins. They're, they're better wins than just about everybody in America, you would say, have. But they're not as good as everybody's trying to make it sound. And the reality of the situation is Texas, at the beginning of the year, they were ranked number 10. Uh, right now, they're unranked. They're a three-loss team. They struggled against Kansas. Say what you want about their defense being banged up. They're running backs, whatever. Doesn't matter. Your Texas shouldn't be like that. Fact of the matter is, and they have they haven't played well. Their non-ranking shows that now. When you look at Auburn as a team that they say is a, a a high quality win, I would beg to differ. They should have lost to Oregon. Now should have, and they didn't lose are two completely different things. But it's a game they should have lost. I don't think Bo Nix is a great quarterback, uh, especially against really stout defenses. And then um, the the true reality is they got into a battle with Ole Miss, who was absolutely terrible. And that was a game where, if you really watched it, it came down to a last drive where Ole Miss had an opportunity to take it down the field. Um, I can't remember if they fumbled or they threw an interception, but they turned the ball over and the game was over there. Um, so – it's one of those. And then when you talk about Florida, again, we thought they were a little bit better than they actually are. And as we've seen, you know, they're susceptible to some losses and they've got some some deficiencies on their team. Can't run the ball. They got exposed. But, uh, yeah, if you let everybody tell it, they've got 
three marquee wins and I, you know, they're good wins, but they're not marquee. And I think it more speaks to the lack of depth in college football than anything else. Yeah. I think that, that we look at it and we say, here's the the five or six teams that are, are going to have a chance. And then everybody else is kind of just sitting there. So um, we'll, first of all, I just, I, I wanted to say the holidays are almost here, Joshua. Do you, are you a holiday person? You know what? I actually, I'm a, I'm a big Thanksgiving guy. My girlfriend likes to put two Christmas trees in our condo. That's probably too small for two Christmas trees. So yeah, we're those people. (laughs) I love it. I I'm that person too, because growing up we had two trees. So I totally get what she's doing. Okay. Don't deny her the Christmas trees. Listen, Um, It's not my favorite. (laughs) So yes, the holidays are almost here and you know what that means gifts. And if you want a simple gift that is stylish, easy to wear, check out Untuck It. Unlike most brands, Untuck It shirts, they're actually designed to be worn untucked. So Untuck It shirts always fall uh, just to that right length, no matter what the size. So you can have your man or, uh, you know, whoever you're buying it for, your dad, your brother-in-law, look casual and sharp. So ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. So no matter your shape or size, these shirts always fall perfectly. So more than 50-plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check it out in one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, uh, soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or big again. And their website, really easy to use, you guys. They can even, uh, they have a whole page that's devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for your perfect holiday gift or just a small relaxed style of your own that you're trying to figure out untuck it is the way to go visit untuckit.com use the code blue for 20 percent off at checkout that is untuckit.com promo code blue for 20 percent off so the acc we don't talk about it much um, because it doesn't that's what i was gonna say but this week there is because guess who got kicked out the door old willie taggart Taggart. William Taggart, who, by the way, if you guys don't know, Florida State bought him out of Oregon. Yeah, and okay. You know that they they paid part of the buyout from when he left. Was it Central Florida? Yeah, or there was South Florida, whatever so, it was. South, yeah, um, they. So when they bought him out of Oregon, they told Oregon they would pay the remainder of the buyout from the last job as well. So they're on the hook for two buyouts. That's disgusting. Isn't I'm that sorry. terrible? It's terrible. And it's and Florida yeah. State, he, he was he was less than two years. He was there less than two years, Joshua. Okay. And and clearly he wasn't getting the job done, but like you hired this guy. Yeah. Like, I think it's a trend right now, too, because I mean, you know, Big Ten land, they're buzzing about Scott Frost and what he's doing. He's only yeah. two years into the I mean, these guys Moorhead, I know you're you're down there in the south, so you probably might Ugh. you know hear a little bit more. I mean, these guys are you're talking about a couple years, and they're they're ready to get rid of people. That is amazing. No, it is, but that's what we're that's that is college football now. It is, you know, and yeah. everybody wants a Nick Saban sure. or you know an Urban Meyer, even though he's yeah. not even coaching right now. That's what people want. What people don't get is, folks, those aren't all over the place. No. 
Those well, are takes, rarities. It takes a while to build a, a culture. And and I guess it, when you're at Florida State and the history they've had, you get frustrated when your team isn't doing well. But it takes a while to build culture and to get all of the right players in that fit your culture and your scheme and your system and everything else. So I sympathize with these coaches. But then at the same time, if you get paid $18 million to not do a damn thing and yeah. stop coming to work, I can't feel that bad. And then on the flip side of this, and I know this isn't the conversation we're going to have this one a little bit later, but fact of the matter is universities will tell you they don't have a lot of money for, you know, paying players, for example, but they can come up with $20 million to buy out Taggart and this current staff and another $10 million to buy out his previous two contracts. That's some BS. Great point. That's a great point. And we will get into that in good stuff from the gridiron. So here, here's the thing though. Who 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 goes there? Because in my opinion, FSU is not a desired program to go to anymore. No. And you're t- you're they're trying to talk about, first of all, don't even mention Urban Meyer's name. Don't That's mention, dumb. yeah, don't mention who else did I hear? I don't even know if like I don't think Bob Stoops would go there. Yeah, they talked about him. Uh, who they else did they about Mark Stoops oh, as well? And James Franklin. Yes. James Franklin, I heard, is uh, is the USC front runner right now. That's 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 what I was hearing. That's too. the word on the street. But um, who else they talk about? P.J. Fleck, which I don't... I, I don't, don't know. P.J. can roll the boat down there. I don't either. Personally. I don't either. And Look, then, it has to be a fit, a fit, too, with these coaches. You can't just think because they're doing well wherever they are that they're just going to go down, fit well down there. And, and create a great program. That's you not know, how it works. You know why that job isn't desirable? Why? D- think about this. So USC, I don't, I personally don't think is a highly desirable job. LA's a busy city. You're not getting nearly as many eyeballs as you probably want in your football program because there's so much other stuff to do. Pro sports, there's Hollywood, there's another university. And I personally think you probably have to cheat a little bit to win out there because everybody who's had success has cheated. But at least when you're USC, your main competitors in recruiting right now are Oregon and Washington. So if you get one of those coaches who's a big time guy who can come in there and keep some California kids home, it makes it a lot easier. When you're FSU and you're recruiting Florida, you're recruiting against University of Florida, you're recruiting against Miami, you're recruiting against Alabama, you're recruiting against Georgia, you're recruiting against Auburn, LSU, Mississippi, Mississippi State, you're recruiting against Clemson, you're recruiting against Ohio State. It is ridiculous the amount of competition you have down there. No, you're right. And guess what? When you get behind the gun like Florida State has done, you're digging yourself out of a massive hole now Absolutely. because all these programs have gotten better or the SEC or the Big Tens, they've, they've gotten better. You're now stuck in the ACC where it's not gotten better and you have dug your program into a hole. It's bad. It is bad. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't take the job personally. Oh, I wouldn't either. And by the way, no, no offense because I know I have some friends that went to Florida State, but like Tallahassee folks – Nothing to write home about. Yeah, I've never been there. That's all I'm going to say. I won't poo-poo <laughs> it anymore. Um, I, so let's just jump over into the Big Ten really quick because there is a, a big game going on. Uh, your boy, P.J. Fleck, and his 8-0 and Minnesota Gophers Scheme taking up. on, I know, taking on Penn State. I, are you excited for this one? I am. I, I think now – 
I understand why people would feel like Minnesota isn't as good as they are, but I feel like people are sleeping on them a little bit. Number one, I think people are there. I think Penn state's a very good team. I think that offensively they have some questionable areas. I think defensively one of the best in America, but their offense, I think their quarterback under pressure um, gets a little bit skittish in the pocket. Doesn't make great decisions. Isn't very accurate. I think that if you take KJ Hamler out of the game and maybe you bracket him in coverage and this, so this is what I would do if I were a defensive coordinator, actually, we'll get into this conversation. I would take my second best cornerback and I would put him on Hamler. And then I would have the safety always lean to Hamler's side. So you can take him out of the deep game. And then whoever you decide Penn State's second best wide receiver is, I would put my best corner on them so you can completely erase them out of the game. Um, now, Penn State has a very good tight end, and you'd have to try to figure out what you want to do there. But yeah, okay. I feel like if you take KJ Hamler out the game, they don't run the ball exceptionally well. And I feel like he's the biggest passing threat. You'd have a little bit of success there. So if you're going to kind of look at this game and take a prediction, because you've been fo- you follow both these teams very closely, you're going to pick Penn State, I think. But- yeah, I would pick Penn State by like three or four. Okay, but what? Let me just say, what if what if PJ Fleck he miraculously like pulls this off? They should have been. What do you think the attention will be for Minnesota? Well, I I think it hurts Penn State more than it helps Minnesota. First and foremost, which is the shame. Yeah, yeah. I believe this very moment. Minnesota should be a top 10 team. I don't care who you think that they've struggled against. I don't care who you think that they've played. Hot take. They've, they've, it is a hot take, but they've won all their games. <laughs> They're winning games in the Big Ten, which is not a conference that you get to sleep on. Now, granted, they haven't played any of the big boys yet, but give them their damn respect. Now, again, I, if if they win, I feel like it does boost them into the top 10. But, you know, Penn State's probably dropping to like 18 after that loss because people don't feel like Minnesota's really and, – and I guess – the reality of the situation is if Minnesota was Wisconsin with yeah. the same resume, yep. they would be a top 10 team because Wisconsin's more of a name than Minnesota is. And that's the the situation. The other hot take I have for this week surrounding the Big Ten, there is not a chance in hell if you're an AP <laughs> voter that you should be okay with Indiana not being in the top 25 right now. There you go. Listen, AP voters. That, seriously, if there's anybody who's an AP voter, you should listen to me. They they lost one game to Ohio State, who might beat everybody they play this year. And their other loss was to Michigan State in a game that they probably should have won. So the reality of the situation is Indiana should be a one-loss team playing in the Big Ten Conference in the East, mind you, with their only loss coming to potentially the best team in America and they're killing everybody right now, and they're bowl eligible. And Indiana is usually a team that doesn't get bowl eligible until the last game, but they don't get no respect either. See, I like that. See, two hot takes. We promised you eventually Joshua was going to give us hot takes, and we let it come naturally, folks. And <laughs> there <boom>. it is. <laughs> there you go. Nothing but organic on this one, on this podcast, folks. Uh, well, following your team, you love uh, any team you love, I should say, in 2019. Totally time-consuming. We know. We both live it. Uh, trying to follow everything that's happening in sports, almost impossible. So scrolling through every app and visiting every 
website on a daily basis. You don't want to do that. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports, it's a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox, which I have to check mine every day. Uh, When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from college football, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, anything you want. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. So it's quite simple, you guys. Just sign up. It's free at sports.axios.com. Not only will you get caught up, but you can be the friend sharing this really good link with your buddies. Uh, Join the 100,000 fans who are getting caught up on the day in sports before it even begins. And the best part of it, no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. It is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. So sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try it for free, free 99 at sports.axios.com. So our last segment here is uh, Pac-12 because we we sometimes leave it out, not as bad as the ACC. And I am going to say this week that I'm giving the Pac-12 credit at least to two teams right now. There are two teams in the Pac-12 that only have one loss and that are still legitimately in the college football playoff talk. So I'm going to start with Oregon, who completely obliterated USC this weekend. 56 to 24. This is what I like about this Ducks team, Joshua. This Ducks team, I have seen progress in. I have seen growth in. And their remaining schedule looks mighty good to me with Arizona, ASU, and Oregon State. I, I, I'm growing to like this Oregon team more, and that is hard for me to say because I absolutely despise the Ducks with me being a Washington State gal. Yeah, I think the thing about this Oregon team that you're seeing is we've always counted on them offensively to be able to make plays, but I think that you can you can rely on their defense to come up with some big ones too. Um and that's what I like specifically. And when you watch this game, they 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 slept walked early on. Like it wasn't it wasn't a domination the the whole game, but once they turn it on, they didn't look back. And I mean, there was a certain point where defensively it was hard for USC's quarterback not to throw them the ball. And so I can really appreciate that. And this, this, like I said, you know, one loss teams is what makes this year interesting to me um, because there's plenty of them right now. And Oregon looks like a hell of a squad. They really do. And they could make this CFP little thing funny toward the end of the year, sitting up there with one loss. Well, the other one loss team in the Pac-12, who's not going to get as much love for as Oregon because they're not a sexy team, but Utah has been a program that has, has really been pretty consistent over the past few years. And they're having a big year. Obviously Um, they got another win this weekend at Washington, a really good win in my eyes and a really good quarterback play from Tyler Huntley. who was 11 of 12, 184 yards passing um, in the second half. So that was really meaningful in that win. And here's the thing. They, they beat Washington for the first time in five meetings or yeah, for the first time in five meetings over the four seasons. So they're really starting to become a team that's more consistent that you're starting to look at. If you're on the West coast, you see it more because they're getting a little bit more attention over there. But I do like this Utah team as well. I just don't know offensively as much like how powerful they are. They are compared to the other teams in the country offensively. Yeah, and this again was another game where uh, Utah had to make some plays late because they were they were just kind of tripping early on. But I, I think I agree with what you said in terms of their offense really being dominant. And I think, you know, the reality of the situation is 
um, the CFP is a television show. So does Utah draw? Because if it comes down to a situation where you're looking at some one loss teams and Utah's got the resume at the end of the year, are they going to draw? Like, is that some, something that people are going to want to watch, but uh, give them a lot of credit. I've always had respect for their program because I think geographically they've got some, some really big obstacles, but it seems like year in year out, they play really good football. Yep. Well, we're going to get to some good stuff from, from the gridiron a little early because I'm going to give Joshua a little bit of a platform at the end of this to uh, speak his mind on a, a topic that he has been really set on for for a while now, actually ever since he interned with me at 10 TV and probably before that. So, but first I wanted to um, talk about a, (laughs) I don't know if you saw this, but I had to put this in here. So Mason Fine, uh, Mason Fine is his name. He's a North Texas quarterback. It was Halloween this past weekend or week, I should say. And he, after the post game, came out in a dinosaur costume. Oh, hell no. Literally answered all the press's questions in one of those major, like the big dinos that you don't see who they are underneath because it's like the big dino. You have got to look this up. Joshua, it was so funny. Like I was sitting there and I'm like, how how are his teammates not like cracking up on the side? Like it was so funny. And I've never seen something like that, like that bizarre. And I've covered a lot of like football. Yeah, I mean, we and I feel like we've seen a lot. I mean, a lot, right? a lot. Have that, you ever, I've ha- never heard of anything like this. No, that's why when I saw this, I was like, I have to bring this up to Josh and he's going to have to look it up because you're going to be like, this is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. And I don't know the meaning behind it, just other than it was Halloween around the time. I mean, good for him. But whatever, you know, I mean, at least these kids are having fun, right? I mean, I'm Yes, I'm sure you saw the one that Pitt did with the guy dressed in the mannequin scaring everybody. Oh, that was so good. That was amazing. That was I mean, really good. It was well done. Oh, another thing you need to w- look up because I was in Charlotte this weekend. Uh, is it Will? He- yeah. Healy down in Charlotte. I just want to make sure because he was up here before he went down to Charlotte. Yeah. Will Healy. He was at a Austin uh, P and he went down to Charlotte and took the head coach job there. They, after wins, have like a club in the locker room. Really? And they like get up. It, you got to look this up. It's it's like incredible. strobe lights and oh yeah, oh it's 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 it looks like a club, and they have like the mascot in there dancing and stuff. I should have gone there. It was I know it was phenomenal. Um, okay. So those are two things you need to look up if you haven't. Okay, so really quickly before we wrap things up, so the NCAA announced this past week that they are going to finally begin the process to allow college athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness. This has been something that you have really been adamant on. You have conversation about it all the time on social media. So just your thoughts on this finally starting to become like a work in progress. Yeah, I've got quite a few thoughts. First off, um, it's it's about damn time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's very arbitrary, the reasons why um, we don't allow athletes to profit off their name, image, and likeness not to be mistaken with the university cutting these athletes a check, it would be whatever their marketable value would be on an open market to a business, a partnership, whatever that is. I think it's great that is happening. Personally, I think some of the obstacles that they're trying to work through are very smart. For example, um, this would not be a situation where uh, the head coach would be able to go into somebody's living room as a recruit and say, uh, you know, this is what our guys typically average on name, image, and likeness deals. 
the NCAA is trying to specifically forbid that kind of behavior, which I think is good um, because it's truly misleading to try to offer that up to a kid. You don't know what his value is going to be on the market. I think probably needs to be some sort of oversight. Um, These athletes need to have specific contracts for whatever work they're doing and they need to be aggregated somewhere. It's like the NFL has um, all of their player contracts on file And a lot of the marketing deals end up on file with the Players Association. So agents can have them as a resource and a tool to understand how much these players are getting paid and what their true market value is. But um, the main point with this and the thing that I want everybody to understand, because there's a lot of doomsday, college football is going to be changed forever and it won't be the same people. I can assure you that it will 99% be the same. Yeah. Guys, I'm an Ohio State guy, obviously. So guys like Chase Young, Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins will probably be the biggest beneficiaries from it. I was the leading tackler on a national championship team. I became a team captain the year after that. I'm not sure exactly how many marketing deals I would have done because as a linebacker, nobody knows what my face really looks like. I'm not an extremely marketable guy. They know Chase. They know uh, J.K. They know Justin because they're all the star players. So might get a car deal, might not. Reality of the situation is, Does Ferrari want a 20-year-old selling Ferraris? Probably not because, number one, they don't want them driving them because once they drive off the lot, they lose value anyway, but a 20-year-old is probably going to total a Ferrari. But second off, people buying Ferraris aren't taking advice from 20-year-olds on what cars to buy. Uh, Conversely, your local Chevy dealer might be a little bit different. There's 16-year-olds that drive Chevys to school all day, so you don't feel bad about giving a college player a $30,000 car, and nobody should really poo-poo the opportunity to do that and maybe a couple commercials. I don't think it shifts the balance in college football. I know I'm so long-winded on this, but I have so much no, to say. That's, yeah, I, these are the points that I think people need to to hear coming from directly a former college athlete. So I, yeah. you know, I, I, I like hearing this. Yeah, and, and so you know, the, people talk about, well, what about a shift in the power of college football? And it, won't it become the haves and the have-nots? Well, if you don't believe right now that it's the haves and the have-nots, you don't watch college football. Nope. Five years of the CFP. Can you tell me how many? So four years or four teams a year, five years, it's 20 teams, right? Mm-hmm. So how many actual brands? So how many individual teams have made it to the CFP? Do you know that? Mm, no, I'm not going to so, do math off the top of my head because I'm off, so off of it. Off of 20 potential slots, only 10 teams have made it. Okay, okay. Ohio State has won once. Alabama and Clemson have won two of them, right? Yeah. So you've got out of the 20 slots, 10 teams, and then three champs. Okay, so there's already an imbalance. People talk about, what about the big markets? So New York, LA, uh, Atlanta, Chicago, Boston. New York's not a college town. It's not going to become a college town because of this. Nobody's given, nobody's picking Syracuse or Rutgers to be their team. Chicago's got Northwestern. It's not going to become a college town. LA's got UCLA and USC, but they've also got two professional football teams, two professional basketball teams, professional baseball, professional hockey. They're not going to become a college town. Atlanta's got Georgia Tech. They're not going to be become a college town. Of course, UGA's there, but I feel like there's a little bit of some uh, discord that would happen with that. Boston's got Boston College. They're not going to become a college town. Truly, the biggest cities you're looking at are Austin with uh, University of Texas and Columbus, probably, as college towns uh, supporting Ohio State. They're probably the biggest towns that are actual college towns. Tuscaloosa is going to find a way to make sure that they can be competitive with this law. 
When you go down to Clemson, they're going to find a way to be competitive. So I don't think the balance changes at all. I think that a handful of players probably make decent money, but even after that, I don't think guys are going to be pulling in two, three hundred thousand dollars a year. Most pro athletes can't do it. The quarterbacks get paid in the league, but they're the most visible guys, and it's the 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 biggest league in professional sports. So of course those guys get paid. You look at the rest of the fifty-two guys on the roster, and you might have a, a wide receiver, a defensive end, or a running back outside of the the starting quarterback that's getting money, but everybody else is just kind of going about their business. That would be college football. Big Ten champions, Ohio State one year, they win the Big Ten championship, they make a playoff appearance, they sign some autographs after the season, guys make $2,500. That would Mm -hmm. probably be the extent of the law. I love it. I don't think it changes college football. I just think it gives people opportunities. If you want to start up a YouTube channel, if you want to monetize a podcast, you can do those things. But I don't think players are getting rich off of it. And I don't think the corruption is going to be any more blatant than it already is. No, those are all great points. And and I I look at it similar to you as being somebody who has been a part of the local news business for so long and we're under contracts with these places. And a lot of the times, you know, they're pretty much like, I mean, it, it's in, in it's a staple actually that, you know, in a lot of contracts, you cannot, your name cannot be connected to anything else sure. that's going to be giving you money. Um, but yet we're not, you know, there's a pay situation a lot with that too. So I understand completely that side of it. And that's a great explanation for it. And really folks, if you guys want any more conversation about it or have any more questions, like Joshua is the guy to go to, and you can always, you know, go to him on Twitter and I'll give you his handle in just a minute because he'll definitely have uh, that conversation with you. So great points on that, Joshua. That is a wrap for episode 52 of Press Pass. Go and subscribe. We really would love for you to subscribe and give us a rate and review. It's super simple. You just go to iTunes, type in Press Pass, um, and everything's just right there. You click on the five stars, you subscribe, and that way you know when our episodes are coming out, typically come out on Tuesdays, early on Tuesdays. So always look for those. You can follow me at Kayla Anderson TV and also... Joshua, where can the peeps go to find you? They can find me on Twitter. That's uh, my preferred social media outlet at RIP underscore JEP. Um, Kayla's right. I mean, if you want to talk, we could talk about anything. I mean, we could talk. I, I, I get into this conversation every year around Halloween about how chocolate candy is absolutely overrated. Twice a year, I probably oh, talk. Oh, yeah. People shouldn't be drinking milk. Like, we could talk about other things outside of sports. I got Ooh. some all over the place. Look at, I mean, it doesn't even have to be sports, like you said. You no, know, he could just all. give you your, your daily diet routine, which consists of sweet candy and not milk, which yes. I'm totally okay with. That is- I'm totally, I didn't. I don't drink a lot of milk, so whatever. Poo-poo me if you want. I just don't. Spot Um, on. (laughs) Okay, you guys, have a great weekend of college football. I hope your teams win, and we'll we'll, uh, see you guys back here, or you'll hear us next week.